and welcome to Inside Baseball with my Inside Baseball. Wow, I botched it for the first time ever. Welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut with my friend Morris Sachs. Never miss a Sunday show, folks. Sure. Five o'clock. Unbelievable. That's it's great cool. to see you. It's great to see you. By the way, that song, if you didn't recognize it forward, it's Harry Hood. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, song number one, the first song that we ever opened this little thing of ours with. Okay, <laughs> un unbelievable, and it's it's gone it's gone international. It's <laughs> it's literally gone international, which is why 
Um, I, I think it's important to discuss uh, why we're actually having a show. Um, now, Liam, uh, I'm afraid to tell you, you weren't brought into the whole loop on this um, because of what's called the odd man hypothesis, which we can talk about a bit later. But I was supposed to travel to Israel and we were going to do the show yeah. from there. I was going to be in Israel and you were going to be here. And when our advanced team got wind that Netanyahu had been sequestered in the command bunker, they did a risk assessment yeah. and there was a 22% chance of war breaking out. Uh, so, um, we obviously right. didn't want to be put in that situation, yeah. but we couldn't go public with this information. Right. Right. So the excuse we gave was the um, all the smoke in the New York area. Our flight was canceled. True, and so we rescheduled. So that's uh, mm -hmm. that's kind of why there's a Sunday uh, show this evening. But. Um, did, I thought you, you would have... be exhausted. I thought you would be exhausted because we left on Friday. Have a nice weekend. See you. See you on next Father's Day weekend because you had made the rounds. Um, seemingly made the rounds with multiple appearances. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was everywhere. I am. Um, yeah. Uh, with all the smoke, I rode inside yesterday, and um, it's the worst. I uh, yeah, it's 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 the worst. You know, but. I mean, self-loathing, right. and then I, and then and then my reward is I got like a stick, stiff neck, so I'm walking around with a crimp on my neck. But um, I'm in a upbeat mood because uh, the girls are in town. Okay. So we got oldest, middle, and youngest, and the best part is um, everyone's getting along. Oh, so I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's what a father lives for, which is fantastic. Um, I I saw a number of things this weekend, which stimulated uh, my uh, thought process. In advance, I apologize to Anthony Peters because I ran a couple of these ideas by him this morning, not realizing we were going to be able to scramble a script together. And uh, so, you know, the first cut is the deepest. Yep, yep. Um, it's, I mean, you know, as well as I do with this writer's strike, getting the work done has just been, yep. it's been tough, but fortunately a few things caught my eye and lo and behold, we're going to do the best we can and see if we can make it worth your time. Mm -hmm. um, just going back to the, uh, note about the international audience. One, um, we were invited to an Israeli home for Shabbat dinner uh, if we were in town. And uh, thank you for that. Highest honor, the highest honor, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. That was astounding. I want to thank the guy. I mean, obviously I don't need to thank, but that was just astounding that you get, hey, if you're in town, okay? Yeah, yeah. But instead of bidding on the auction for 15,000 bucks and a plane ticket to the United States, right? Ah, hey, ah, hey. 
You got me on that, huh? Imagine that. Oh. There's an even better. There's an even better aspect. Look at you. That's the second and third derivative that I didn't even consider. Look at the offer and the counter offer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. By the way, um, you know, I got this thing about uh, this is uh, you and I doing an act of, you know. Sure. Let me rephrase. You and I like to spend time talking. This is a, a fantastic forum. I would because, do it. With, I would do it without hitting record. So that's it. You know. Yeah, and sometimes you do. <laughs> Look, <you can> <laughs> um, where I, I lost my train. Oh, no, you were what talking was, about us doing it. You were talking about us doing the show and having and and that you know you. Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Yeah, this is what twenty ounces of coffee. And half a gummy duty on Sunday afternoon, okay. um, five o'clock. So, well, since you, I've lost, what did you see? You saw something that you're going to steal from Anthony. Well, no, um, I thought of something that I gave Anthony to write in his newsletter because I thought we weren't doing a show, but now we're doing a podcast. So Anthony's screwed. Sorry, he'll 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 be okay. So um, I'm. let's just dig into the meat of this thing, okay? I truly believe we strive to be apolitical, to not espouse a viewpoint, you know, guns, birth control, freedom of speech, whatever. That's, that's your world, not our world. So when topics come up in the political domain, I, I I know we both tread lightly because if we get too far, you know, first it gets snipped in compliance and then in post-production. And the next thing you know, you get Harry the Hood followed by a 39-minute tweezer. And people complain about that, which is a mystery to me. Oh, you know what? I, if I may go back to close the circle, the the thing about the Kevin Muir thing, mm -hmm. he fucking put ads on that. If you play, if you hit play, it, it, like ads come up. Bro, let me tell you what I got an ad for. Let me tell. Okay, that's okay. Am I? Am I? Am I? Because I I screenshotted it. I screenshot and I forgot to post it on Twitter. I'm watching. Dude, it's YouTube. I don't pay for YouTube. Get out of here. If you pay for YouTube, if you're a two, if you're a YouTube premium subscriber, no commercials. Okay. I'm not paying for YouTube. I watch YouTube, blah, blah, blah. So I get the I get I'm watching you and Kevin talk. Boom. Add interruption for the lead metal, dude. The no. world gold council. I get the world. Dude, I, I almost draw. I almost fell off my desk, okay, because I, I could not believe that they were going to shill me a gold. Obviously, it's the algorithm listens to everything they know, but it was just so per. I screenshot yeah, on my mother. I got a screenshot of it. The ads are great, dude. the The ads are wonderful. You like 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 organic kids yogurt or gold, so they know who they're dealing with. You know, I'm so forgive me. I'm surprised since it was the market huddle. It wasn't an ad. For penis enlargement. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> that's I did not get that. Sorry, Kevin. Um, no, or Patrick. Or Patrick. Yeah, it must have been Patrick. Um, okay. Uh, enough silliness. 
there, there are a couple of things which I want to bring up. Then we're going to talk about the economy a little bit. But going circling, 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 apolitical, right? Okay. So President Trump has boxes of classified information that could be secret, top secret, top, top, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no debate, I think, that he is in possession of that. Whether he has the right to have it or not, I not my not my circus, not my monkey. Okay. But what it dawned on me was when you go into the military, you take an oath to the Constitution of the United States. You don't take an oath to the president. That's what they did in in, uh, Germany, where you took an oath to Adolf Hitler, Mm -hmm. which, um, uh, you know, every discussion carried long enough gets compared to Nazi Germany. So what dawned on me is, and there is historical precedent for this, I believe what was going on was Trump was requesting information that was viewed to be highly sensitive. And the intelligence community, uh, which I think incorporated hopefully a a future president of the United States, Nate Fick, these are some pretty smart guys. And I'll bet you it's 50-50. 50-50. I know you're laughing. No. But I, I, I mean, I, 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 this one hit me between the eyes. I think the intelligence community gave Trump disinformation. Marked bills. With the thought that if he is a spy, we're going to give the enemy disinformation. And if he's not a spy, he's too much of a chucklehead to be trusted with information that's sensitive that he could spit out in public. And the best part, this is this is this is great. This is genius. To make it, to sell it, like you gotta, you gotta keep the con going, right? People gotta be convinced, okay. What do you do? You arrest them for espionage and you convict them and you send them to jail. It's fucking perfect. And when I talk about the the precedent of this, they made a movie about something similar within the last couple of years called Mincemeat, which was a great book. And it was the plans to provide the Germans with false info about the d-day invasion yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a fascinating story Interesting. I, I think the movie was fine the book like like most things um the book was better uh i like the harry potter potter movie better than the book because i could sleep through the movie but um in any event uh yeah so if trump's a spy if he's a spy yeah. He's been passing along bogus information. And 
if he's not a spy, you know, well, mm -hmm. bad luck for you. He's got problems. So, he's got problems yeah. in multiple yeah. jurisdictions. So yeah. So what do you what do you make of my little concept there? Um, I thought you were going to say they gave him marked bills, you know, which would be as easy as like, hey, we told you, you know, you said you don't have a you have a OK, like you can't lie it away. You know, if it's not marked bills, yeah. it's something in that form where it's a tidbit of information. But um, yeah. So, I, I was trying to go a little deeper. In the, I'm not getting into uh, it. I'm not getting into it. He's got. Uh, okay. I'm not trying to bait you. I, I just I just thought it would be an interesting way to take a potential spy and turn him into a, you know, it's not really a double agent, I guess, but, mm -hmm. but to look like a credible mm -hmm. agent passing along top secret information. Right. Yeah. And yeah. You know, well, you really took the fucking wind out of my shit. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm on I'm on I'm with Cheryl on him. Okay. All right. So I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. All right. So so All anyway, right. Cheryl and the girls took a walk from the house. Because they knew what you were going to talk about. <laughs> they could sense that you wanted to get that off your chest. That this was, was this this was this morning. Dumped it on me. <laughs> they so from our house to Greenwich Avenue, it's it's like three or four miles. So it's like an hour walk. So they all walked to town and then I drove down there and had a nice coffee while they were eating carbohydrates. Yeah. And uh, um, so I'm sitting there and, and it's, it's Cheryl, my three daughters and I, and Cheryl sees me rubbing my neck and, and she said, uh, is your neck any better? And I look at her and I said, no, but I know how I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, I think, God, I hope, I hope everybody missed that one. But I thought that was, that was pure genius. Jeez. Okay. T speaking of pure genius, genius. Um, I had a pretty good crack at uh, Kathy Wood on Kevin's show. I, I think I said she was dumb as a rock, and somebody put it up in the comments section that they liked it. And I, I, you know, the only. Thing I'd add to that is that's being unfair to the rock, but <laughs> I I got to tell you something. Whether this was total fluke or brilliance, this woman did something that I just I it it hit me. So apparently, she's the fourth largest holder now of Coinbase. Does that sound plausible to you? You got the terminal out, not me. Come on, what's up with your A10 Warthog heads up? Heads up, up display. Yeah, I was waiting to hear about that. I knocked that heads up display over three times getting ready. <laughs> I saw I saw it somewhere. I could find okay. it. It's on actually I saw it on your Twitter feed. Ah, it's that sketchy at best. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Let's say for the moment it's right. Yeah, okay. yeah. So this is why I think it's genius. And I'm, this is not, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about this. So I'm giving you the market huddle disclaimer. This is not investment advice. Yeah, yeah. You know, whatever you do on your own, don't blame me. Don't blame Liam. Don't blame our kids. 
but I'll tell you, there's a very good shot. Gensler goes into Coinbase, okay? And you ready for this? He finds them $50 million and they agree to modify their platform. And all of a sudden he validates their business model and the stock goes up 10 times. She's got nothing to lose. Well, I mean, I was looking to find a word to describe Gary Gensler to make him more diminutive than what I've used in the past. I, I think recently is Claudicant. Um, the problem is, I, you know, you, you run into too many of these things which are politically incorrect. So I kind of let my mind wander and all I come up with is if you squeeze this guy, okay, you wouldn't get enough testosterone to fill a thimble. <laughs> so he, he tried to work at Coinbase. Did you see that? Did you yeah. I, you know, dude, it's so muddy. <laughs> it's so gross. It's so gross. And by the way, again, I think you put it up there. Somebody four days before the Coinbase thing breaks, they get, they start a new yep. uh, line of puts. The guy makes, I don't know, zillions of dollars. He does like 100,000 right. options. Right? It's like, Gensler, way to go, champ. I mean, There's I, I, honestly. There's too many fires to put out. Look, again, I will raise my hand, okay? Give me nine months, Okay. No, 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 no. Dude, you'll get yeah. assassinated. You'll get whacked. <laughs> Go dig it around. Stop it, please. Be happy to do the show. You know, I've you lived a very full, you, happy life. You can't go 10 minutes without firing the blowtorch at somebody. At some point, somebody's going to come for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you see. These, these are wealthy, powerful people. <laughs> some of the wealthiest and most powerful. <laughs> So is I keep referring to this Kevin Muir thing because he needs the views. You notice you notice they went to the mono a mono format briefly. Because they're you know they're they're scrambling. But um uh, I keep doing these sidebars and I forget what I was gonna say. Exactly. Oh fuck. Gensler, you, were gonna, you were gonna hammer Gensler, you were mad at Gensler and Coinbase and all oh yeah, it, it it's it's crazy. It's so simple. It's so simple to chase this stuff down. And I, I don't, I, I'm, at, I'm at a loss. You know, I, I'm telling you, it's not like, you know, it's spy versus spy. I mean, it, it's all listed securities. It's everything out there. That, the magic, that, that's um, the magic word. Oh. You just said the magic word. Is part of the this is what I remember as part of the chat with Kevin, he would play a quote and I was supposed to comment on it. And he had some guy and he goes, Do you know who that is? And uh, I said, No. And he said, Is Lloyd Blankfein? <laughs> and I said, I said, It's funny because I remember him being a whiny little bitch. 
Dude, I was driving. I I I meant to pull over and make a list of the ten people that you insulted. In the, first of all, they played the second one first, so there was no war. They, we, they just went right to it. Like, Hit so him with I, the right cross. Yeah, oh, they, Torson, Torson slot. That a, oh, that poor guy. He is a good fucking economist. I know. Uh, no, no, you're like cut the cut the audio. You're like, I'm ready to talk about it. <laughs> like Jesus Morris. I told you to talk the two year. I said talk the two year, not a mention of the two year. <laughs> oh my god. Can you explain the Paul Tudor Jones trade to me like I'm a five? I, 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 now, I will. Yes. Now I it's will. assumed that everyone like I, there's so many assumptions and questions that people ask me, and I don't want to speak to it. I, you go ahead. I'm gonna okay, be- but only if you promise to let me finish my Lloyd Blank fine story. Fine. Okay. I mean, when when after I okay, so what year is it? Just what, the year. Start with I, the year. It, it's year 1987. I'm working at a French grain company where there was basically four guys, one guy, head and shoulders above the rest, nice to me, the rest of the guys, total douchebags. And so I'm the new guy, and I'm scrounging around trying to find something to do. And the nice guy, who um, is actually now a listener, suggests I look at these five-year futures on the cotton exchange. And so I had been a primary dealer trader at Greenwich. The reason I made all that money, as you know, is because we were part of a primary dealer. And uh, anyway, the guys running the company I was working for, I knew it was headed south. And you can look it up. Aubrey Lanston no longer exists, right? Mm-hmm. So so I, anyway, I pretty much take the first decent thing I can get. And it's this French grain company, which, you know, they've been around uh, over a hundred years and they understand this concept of basis trading. So basis trading, I know you really want to know the ins and outs of all this stuff, but basis trading was a concept developed by Dr. Holbrook working at the Stanford Food Research Institute, I think sometime in the 1920s. But anyway, these grain companies would be big merchants of grain. In fact, I think there was a book called Merchants of Grain, and they would buy the grain from the farmers and they would sell it to the bakers. And over time, you know, they did this in various countries well before communication was as quick as it is now. And so they started to use and help develop and take advantage of these futures contracts. And so this concept of basis trading, simply put, is the difference between the price of the spot commodity today and the same commodity at a future date. It can get very technical, and it does get very technical because, you know, we're talking broad brush versus you know, dotting every I and crossing every T. So, and every commodity is a little different. You know, you've got treasury bills, treasury bonds, you've got sulfur. You used to have pork bellies, 
I don't know if they still trade those. That was a great trivial pursuit question. What's what's the last deliverable month in pork bellies? <clears throat> August. Um, Hillary Clinton, isn't she the good pork trader? Hillary? Hog, hog, oddly hog. enough. I, I do, yeah, imagine that. Landing under gunfire, nerves of steel. Um, so you're asking me about this big trade. So I'm sitting in Connecticut trying to learn the business and I get relegated to this kind of dead zone and something starts to happen with it because this guy, Paul Tudor Jones, Southern guy, was a big cotton trader and was very much about trying to build up the exchange. So they developed a five-year future and he was determined to make it viable. And he succeeded, except he made it viable at the Chicago Board of Trade, not, not the cotton exchange. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there weren't a lot of players. And when Paul wanted to buy, I'd get a call from the floor. and uh, They'd ask for a price, and I'd give him a price. And he would say yes or no. Most of the time, he said yes. Um, and if he wanted to sell, they would call me back and okay. So it's July, August, September of 1987. And almost every day, the light to the floor rings on my phone. I pick it up and it's the broker. And he always answered, the, you know, the, the phone calls always started Moda. I'm not sure what part of New York he was from, but and so wow. over the next several weeks, Jones accumulated a really, really large position in the futures contract. Of course, when I would get asked for a price, I would look at what I thought the quote fair value was for the futures contract. Then I'd mark it up because I knew. I was the only game in town. He would say sold. So I would sell him the futures contracts. I would call, you know, Tom Murphy at Salmon Brothers or somebody at Thompson or Drexel or and and buy a weighted amount, a risk-weighted amount of, of the treasuries. And over time, this position got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I started to realize all of a sudden. I'm too big. Like the only way I'm getting out is if Jones decides he wants to get out and you, you never want to be in the position where you're so big, somebody else gets to determine or dictate the terms of engagement. Right. So I'm, you know, move Cheryl up from Greenwich to Stanford. I'm working at a firm where they hate me. I hate them. It's just a matter of time till something better comes along. And um, uh, I'm talking to this fellow there that I like, and the stocks were down pretty good uh, that day. And we talked about it, and he and I bought uh, a bunch of treasury bills, futures, just for shits and giggles. Because at that time, um, the, the management theory of watching movies to keep traders 
occupied hadn't been invented. Um, so we we bought not a I won't claim it was some huge amount of bills, but you know a, a sporting amount. And you know we go to the cafeteria, which of course not free, had to pay for it, right? Can't leave the building, but you got to pay. Okay. Anyway, we get our lunch. We come back, and the bills have rallied like seventy basis points, which you've seen. I mean, seven. That just doesn't happen, right? That's that nine standard deviation event that happens every month. But so uh, my friend and I, or my colleague and I, punch out the bills, pat ourselves on the back because we just took out 70 basis points. Lo and behold, 24 hours later, they were 500 basis points richer. But but back, back to the basis trade, the stocks crash, right? So what happens? Everybody runs for treasuries. And um, they don't want anything other than treasuries. So nobody wants futures because they're, they're treasuries, but they're not treasuries for 30, 60, 90 days, right? So long, long, long story long, Jones comes in and now he made his zillion dollars being long. And I'm the guy that he, now I'm in control. I get to put the price on it. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, absurd, the price that I put on it, but I had a, I had a good, uh, you know, career day that day. What's the number? Huh? It's just a number. No, I, I it's not it's not appropriate. Is it ten and a, is it ten and twenty? It's it's not it it's irrelevant go because go ahead, I was, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I'm not I'm no I can't do it. And I'll tell you why. It's just not it's just not relevant because yeah, of the ahead. size. Okay, okay. I don't care. Are you, or are you saying shut up, start talking about something else? No, I'm telling I'm saying I'm gonna shut up. I want you to continue the story. I want, okay. I know Got people it. are gonna Got ask. It. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It, it was a lot of money at the time for a guy who was 27, worked in a place that they hated him, was going to quit as soon as he could. No, I want to know the price versus what you sold him. Like the, the technical, the bit, whatever the, the number versus, I don't care how much you made. I couldn't care less oh. about the number, the dollars you made. Oh, so I think, I think it was something like between 500 and 750 million. Ten uh, five-year notes and seventy-five hundred contracts, something something like that. It, and I'm I'm not going to remember exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. But but what happens is, like I said, nobody wanted the futures. Everyone wanted the cash. So I, in three trades, unwound a trade that took me months to put on, and you know it worked out well. It didn't generate any incremental increase in my compensation, and we soon parted ways. Yeah, yeah. I think it worked out better for everybody, frankly. Yeah. Um, so that was—I don't know if I did a good job explaining. It. I've told this story a few times, and I try and keep it consistent. Yeah. Um, but you know, the weird shit happens when the stock market crashes. Yeah. Um, but uh, how did? How did we get here? Oh, we got here because of Kathy Wood with buying Coinbase because she knows that Gary Gensler's going to find them, like Letitia James did to. Please. Well, well, no, but stop. I mean, I'm just 
it's just it's terrible. Awful. It's it's awful. It is. We're just awful. calling balls and strikes here, right? It is inside baseball. It's true. It's true. Um, but see, there's a there's a lot going on. It's just moving at a glacial pace, you know. You know, when's the last time you heard anything about as about Sam Bankman Freed or FTX? I kind of feel like they're gonna like let it fade away, you know. Yeah, well, guess who's doing hard time? Stop. I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I see it. I got the post taking pictures it, through the bushes. Oh, really? It's cruel. Oh, I, as soon as we get off of this, I want to. This is awesome. This is going back to. Going back to. Tell me about your municipal bonds or something. Tell me about your municipal bonds, please. So, so they're very risky. Don't go anywhere near them. I'm telling you, you might as well flush the money. Exactly. <laughs> Stay away from munis. Um, going back to the Lloyd Blankfine comment, we were somebody wait. heard. We we're going to wait till the end. You I don't want to forget this. I don't want to forget this one. If you go, and I can't take credit for this, but I cannot give attribution. That I will not do. Okay. But as this person said to me, when you look back at the former chairman of Goldman Sachs, you got ambassadors, you got senators, you've got board of directors, you got a guy sitting there on fucking Twitter. You tell me. He was hanging out on Twitter. Yeah. Even I won't go on Twitter. That's how pathetic the fucking thing is. So I know, I know. Um, anyway, I had uh, anyway, I got that off my chest. And uh, so the economy, as uh, Kathy Wood explained uh, incorrectly, that um, she thinks she, I think she got the right conclusion, but it was more Forrest Gump than Albert Einstein. So she's correctly pointed out that the consumer is tapped out. Then she goes through this big yarn about MV equals PQ, which you will recall we talked about months and months ago, right? And she starts talking about velocity of money, talking about how, how that's a identity, PV equals MQ. You and as I commented, you're talking about a trillion plus economy. There is no identity. An identity is when you take a put, long a put, short a call, right? And and short the market. That's that's an identity. Like five times one is five, one times five is five. That that's an identity. I suspect if I was able to recreate my geometry. I could do a proof, but MV equals PQ. No way, no way. I know. And we do, and we do have a former economics professor who listens. So if I have that wrong, uh, we'll find out about it. But I said she got the right answer for I think the wrong reasons, and. Oddly enough, one of my uh, research uh, people put out a piece and, um, you know, since I paid for it, I feel like I can talk about it. I, I won't post it, mm -hmm. 
but it's a very, very deep dive into the U.S. consumer. And again, we all know consumer spending is two-thirds of the economy, right? So if the consumer's tapped out, regardless of Kathy's view that if the velocity of money changes, everything will be fine, um, the reality is uh, people are slowing their spending, they're increasing their savings rate, and that is going to be the last nail in the coffin, which is going to either push us into a recession, or I, I, I kind of think we're in the twilight recession, meaning it's here, but it's not dark enough yet for people to, to get it. And these guys at GaveCal do a pretty nice job of talking about, you know, how consumption versus investment works and how they tend to follow each other. And as we've seen a decline in investment, we're going to start to see a decline in consumption. Um, they do some work talking about consumption has been elevated because of COVID, right? Everyone was buying more. But now we've, we've resumed a more normal consumer consumption path. Um, everyone's talking about the huge chunk of savings that the consumer has because of the the COVID savings. Well, by looking at the chart they sent, you know, we're like 45 days away from that money being over. And so we go back to the situation where uh, we've had a massive increase in interest rates. We've had a drawdown uh, of the Fed's balance sheet, which is quantitative tightening. We've had this um, uh, borrowing limit increased, so there's going to be a drain of reserves to fund the government deficit. Uh, again, Kevin did a very nice piece talking about the effect of the money going into the Fed, um, uh, you know, TGA account and how that's going to play out. I, I, um, I got to be honest, I didn't didn't really read it because um, it didn't wasn't going to change my view. You know, don't confuse me with the facts. But uh, you have all these drains, financial constriction. What the GaveCal people did a nice job of, I thought was explaining how um, there's the typical places consumers go when they've run out of savings is generally they draw down line of credit against their home, credit cards. Well, I think you pointed out last week that credit card debt has expanded a great deal. And that's it insane rates i mean i that's just that's just wrong you know I, wild stories though you get different stories like you get a different story from amex than you get from capital one um dude and i think you know i don't want to say there's pockets of recession or a rolling recession um the the consumer the the american consumer to me 
they're going to rearrange more than cut back because to the economy, like everything is ripping around here. Do you see it slowing down with your eyes? If you didn't read the charts, would you say if you flew from Scottsdale to, to tri-state, would you see a recession? Would you see, would you think to yourself, man, it's rough out here. Do you, I don't see a ton of for sale signs for houses anymore. And the ones that are for sale sell. What, so still- you know you're 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 you've mixed up apples and oranges a little bit, okay? But and it's okay. But let's break it down. The reason there aren't more houses for sale is because people have, you know, thirty-year mortgages. Those rates are now easily four hundred basis points higher. Somebody did a nice piece, and I forgot to, to memorize the number. But the massive number of loans, mortgage loans, you know, have been written, were written like two years ago, before you had this huge break in rates. So mortgage refied it in the last three years. Yeah. Rainer. Yeah. But those people can't sell their house because the, the, the monthly payments effectively tripled. Mm-hmm. So there, so you know, you get normal attrition. People come in and go on from an area, right? And so, even if you get the normal amount of people coming into this area, where the homes cost more, where the people live above their means, they've got huge mortgages. So the supply has been truncated, and so when you get the guy that gets transferred from London to New York and the New York office says, yeah, just go buy a house and we'll adjust it. And he sees a house that was 600 grand and it's a million one, but there's only one of them that's take it or leave it. He pays the million, he pays the million one, Uh, you know, so that's, that's that, that part of it. Um, To be honest with you, uh, I'm so far removed from being like your average guy anymore. I don't fucking know. I mean, it's... To me, the average American consumer is still strong. I see them out spending crazy money. Okay, dude, you know I travel. I am up and down around the tri-state from the poorest sections of northern New England to the poorest corners of Florida to the richest neighborhoods up on Lake Avenue, okay? And everywhere I go, dude, it is people are spending money like there's no, like, wasteful spending on vacation. Like, not wasteful, but, like, 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 like it's a con- like vacations, traveling, like, the, dude, up and down the East Coast, it's thriving. You cannot get, you cannot get a house, a rental, anything at the shore town, and you cannot get near it, a hotel. You cannot go anywhere. If you wanted to go to a restaurant on a Friday night and stay for a week at the Jersey Shore, you get, it's impossible. You, it's so because uh, to to just bring up a point, I do believe I read recently, like. Rentals in the Hamptons have collapsed. I, I, I don't mean to be bars. I know. Yeah, well, dude, they want eighty thousand dollars a month. The smart people aren't doing that. Dude, crypto yeah. collapsed. So dude, they had to stop with that. You cannot ask eighty thousand yeah. dollars a month when you know you can't do it when crypto is a mess. Well, so you can you can ask. Yeah. But as they said, that iconic movie 
gone with the wind. We're talking uh, about the Amer- the average American. The average American wants to go to the godforsaken Jersey Shore for a week, okay? He wants to go to the Jersey Shore for a week, and he wants to go to Doc's Clam House on Friday night, and it cannot be done because the, the they're hitting the, the offer. It's crazy, dude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The American, okay. so I the doomed. I'm, 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 I think I've just had enough of the recession is coming. The doomsday, we're for, like when you said we're 45 days from the money running out. I, yeah, I, I want to smash the computer because I don't think that that's go the, ahead, smash it. Go I ahead. really don't. No, I really don't because they've been playing, they've been beating that drum. And meanwhile, I'm on Main Street in bumper to bumper traffic on Tuesday where there's just. Beautiful women walking around midday that nobody works. I, okay, there's nobody has a job anymore. Midday on Main Street is out of control. Okay, I you can't go to Main Street at midday anywhere. It's crazy. It is nuts. Okay, so okay, okay. Well, I'm tr- I, look, son, I'm old and fragile. I know. I'll stay away the, from Main Street. You're reading okay. the charts. Okay, I know. You go down to Greenwich Ave, and Greenwich Ave can die on a vine anyway. You can't use that to judge. You know, um, I'm, and you can't I'm, use I'm with you. And you can't use Lower Manhattan. People are like, oh, dude, I get it. I think Lower Manhattan has problems with empty office buildings. That's a different story. But if you go to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or you go to Cape Cod, or you go to Long Island, forget about the Hamptons, or you go to the Jersey Shore, or Hilton Head, or you go to Florida, I mean, that whole eastern seaboard is ripping. Okay? Okay. Everyone okay. bought a house. Everyone has a a thousand dollar a month mortgage payment and has been getting stimulus money and doing nothing for four years. Okay, they have the okay. money. All right. Hey, look, Carvana. Even Car- even Carvana's even Carvana's. Stop it! Going stop! Up. It, stop! It. That's that's just cruel, dude. The, Leslie Harris. Le- Leslie Harris. I owe if we ran a tab, I owe ha- Leslie Harris millions of dollars. Okay, because the fucking thing is up three hundred percent this year. Okay, God, and the smartest thing that you have ever done. You've done a lot of smart things. Okay, number one was don't have guests. You you kibosh guests. You said we never have a guest. Okay, all right. You also said don't talk about your thirteen stocks, dude. God forbid I had ever done that. The can of worms because the one like dude Carvana year to date. Okay. Three hundred and two percent. Is it annualized? I don't know how those guys do it. I don't know how the market huddle. I don't know uh, how anyone goes on. I don't know how Kathy does it with a straight face and could go on and be like, "I like Carvana." <laughs> well, speaking of Kathy, let me let me. I'm going to read you a description. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for yelling. All it's right? no. I, I love it's it's Sunday. It's Sunday. So this is something I read in. Tell me who it reminds you of. A preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love. A a belief that he or she is special and unique and can be understood by or should associate with other high special or high status people or institutions. A need for excessive admiration. So, Kathy, this is what I want you to do. I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write this number down. It's F60.81, okay? Take it to your internist. Tell them this is your diagnosis. It's narcissistic personality disorder. My guess is he's going to titrate you 20 milligrams four times a day of 
Prozac. And in a month's time, you'll be right as rain. I know. Um, yeah. I fight with you about the economy. I really do. <laughs> you want to fight with me? Why? About the economy. I just really don't. I, dude, the recession is coming and the economists that say that the money's going to run out in 30 days and the, the savings and like, I just, I don't know, man. Okay. Well, what I, one of the things I really like about this business is if you live long enough, you find out, right? But I, I think that to quote Dr. Lacey Hunt, the economy works with long and variable lags. And when you got Paul Jones and Stanley Druckenmiller, arguably the greatest traders of our generation. And you know how infrequently I pay compliments, right? So I have to tip my hat to these guys. They're talking about artificial intelligence, right? Now, gun to their head, they're going to go, yeah, I think it's going to help. And it's going to take about five years before it makes this productivity increase bring anything to the bottom line. Because in the next nine months, it's going to be a loser, meaning they're going to – I've – worked building complex systems. I, I mean, I've had people do it. I yeah. acted like I knew what I was talking about. Um, uh, you know, but in, in any event, maybe they're right, but it ain't going to get here quick enough. And the reason they're talking about it is because they don't have the model in their mind about how it's going to play out. And that tells me when you have guys like that, Okay, that aren't clear, and they're talking about exogenous events in their sphere. It's it's you know where it's at. I think the big difference between you and me, okay, clearly generational difference, right? But remember. I spent the first several years of my career being dragged through the fixed income market where we scrutinize this information you and I talk about off and on. Mm -hmm. And I've seen how long it takes for these things to feed its way through. And that's the difference between you and me, I think, that you know, 20 years from now, when you see something similar develop, okay, you will have learned it, it, it takes a while, but once it starts, it goes fast. And, you know, there's enough leverage in the system. The, the, the poster child for that is commercial real estate, but whatever, there's always something that there's always some Mrs. O'Leary's cow that kicks over the lantern. I I beg forgiveness from the Emerald Isle. I did not mean to dismirch the Irish people. They're a proud people. They're a good people. It's a Jewish arsonist. <laughs> That's a Jewish, it's Jewish lightning. It's Jewish lightning. That's what I meant. <laughs> it was Mrs. O'Leary. 
Is that what you're saying? Um, no, I don't. So, uh, I don't you, know. When you and Dr. Lazy Hunt, you say these things are going to take time to work through the system. What What's going to happen? What happens? So earnings are down. I, I don't want to talk about the stock market. I want to talk about the American economy. I want to talk about that American consumer whose house payment is safe, his car payment safe, and his job is safe. That's yeah. Well, that starts to do two things. Okay, there's a economic philosophy that people consume based on future earnings. Yep. Okay, and you know, as I said last week, when you're near a sea change in the economy, you cannot put any faith in these employment numbers. But I think last Thursday the jobless claims number. Uh, jumped, which was a bit of a surprise. And I, I'm only bringing that up as just you're getting noise in these numbers, right? But as it becomes clear that people are returning to the workforce because inflation has cut their disposable income, as the limited amount of money that remains from the COVID stuff gets spent, as all of these hot shit guys in tech start getting laid off, the massive layoffs. If you're a Wall Street analyst right now, start looking. And you know what? It's probably too late. You're 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 redundant. So every now day, the every, the every day is the culling. Yeah. The East Coast that you are so big on with all the spending of the money, um, you know, that's that's, I think, very quickly going to draw to a close. So the, you know, uh, as people see that, you know, the, the old comment about if it's uh, your neighbor, it's a recession of a Jewish depression. Well, you know, let's say we come in and 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 uh, Duluth goes out of a job. Never. And, and no, no, he's too, he's just too good looking a kid. Dude, I right? go through the I ride. Mean, go, go through the ride. Go through the ride. Okay, you get all yeah. guys from all walks of life. Yeah. The yeah. And the only the unemployment ride is not packed. The un I see the unemployment ride go by. Yeah. Okay. Nobody. Okay. On, nobody on it. Yeah, dude. I see now hiring okay. everywhere. I see. Okay. Okay. I look. I I I don't argue with facts. You see what you see, right? Yeah. And and um, I guess my point, which may be wrong, is when I look at macro themes, think about how big the U.S. economy is. And these things take a long time. Anybody with uh, a money and banking mm -hmm. course will tell you, Changes in monetary policy take, you know, nine months to a year to work their way through. You just mentioned people with um, floating rate mortgages. Well, they just got reset 500 basis points higher. You think they're running out to get, you know, Taco Tuesday at the, uh, what's that shitty place on the wall? Bar Taco in Portchester? Yeah. <laughs> what a fuck. Those guys made hundreds of millions of dollars. Dude, it's a nationwide conglomerate. 
It's a nationwide conglomerate. How dare you bad mouth them? Shocking. Shocking. You're out screwing around in the Hamptons. You should have been you should have been <laughs> slinging tacos in Porchester, pal. <laughs> yeah, getting picked off in the fucking New York real estate market. Holy shit, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Dude, yeah. one of the funniest things you said was about you and Mark, and you said, with all my genius and all my whipping things around. <laughs> I just I almost fell off my chair laughing. There's well, it's 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 true, you know. Um, I when I thought, hey, let's try and give a podcast. I did not expect it to go this direction, and I would like because I know I'm guessing I never know, but I'm guessing we don't have a lot of time left. But I I, I want to devote an episode to how in my case and then it's applicable how your early life and your early business experiences shape the way you become a trader and you know it's our show i think you'd find it interesting you know the subscribers never don't have to renew but I, i i look at my own arc of a career where I ended up, why I ended up, why I got to where I did and no further, you know, and it's all supposition, but I'd love to, at some point, maybe it'll just be you and me with a tequila. I don't know that I need to provide everyone with <laughs> the launch codes, but I, I, I do. I, I really feel like I've gotten great clarity on how and why my life personal life and trading life mm-hmm. have worked out the way they did. And, and, and I do think that there may be bits and pieces of it that might be accretive, especially for the younger people who are trying to figure out, you know, what do I do with my life? You know, how do I get started? How do I get, you know, the, 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 the big brother, little brother kind of stuff. So but uh, anyway, I, the red light just went off, so oh, I guess we're shut, we're... Up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Um, I want to clarify what I'm saying about Main Street. I, you know, I really want to... <laughs> no, okay, okay, no. okay. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Because I, cause I know the guys in the comments and on Twitter, I want to really separate. I'm not talking about S&P 500 and the stock market. I know it. I just want to separate, like, the American consumer. Because I hear, I'm so sick of, like, the charts and, like, the American consumers in dire straits and there's, you know, the mortgage problem. Okay. There's 10. I'm trying to think of how I can put this like separate the American. I think they really underestimate people's financial allotments and allocations. And, and I don't think people tell the truth on these surveys. Number one, like the conf- they definitely do not tell the truth on the surveys. Confidence surveys. Please like the, all that stuff. I, and like, like I said, a, I like Amex came out. Everything's hunky dory. People are ripping money. Capital one comes out. Okay. People can't, people are behind on their $189 payment on their Hyundai Sonata. All right. Well, that's always been happening, you know, but like, as far as, the economy and like as far as main street and where does it start? It starts in commercial real estate. You're going to have empty office buildings, but, and then what the houses won't move. Okay. But people are hunkered down in their homes. If you got a home and you refi it, you're good for 27 years, whatever you got, you know, they're not going to move. You, 
So there's a lot of people that are comfortable, but yeah, I talk to people that, yes, I'll, I'll change my spending habits, certain things I'm not going to do anymore. Hey, look, I don't have to pay for a dry cleaner anymore. I don't have a car payment because I live in my house. Um, the money got moved around. Like you said, Venmo, like how the, talk about how money moves. Like, I don't think people have much of an idea how much money moves around and how differently money is, is allocated nowadays. But like, the, I, I'm so tired of you it's bloomberg's fault because I'm, I'm talking about bloomberg and all the talking heads that go on and about the american consumer and, and it's coming and so, so i, I i'm not I think, blaming you and lumping into that and i no, i get it i get it what you're what you're saying not quite so erudite is you want to separate main street from wall street is that right yes yes obviously okay. yes yeah. there i agree yeah. So yeah. then how does that so then so then how does the Wall Street guy get to talk about oh Main Street is dying and it's gonna you need to like the charts that you quote of about Main Street for Wall Street have to be separated somewhat. You can't say, all right, you know what I mean? Yeah. What it's gonna take time to work into the S P five hundred? This is how it works. Okay. These guys get paid to get their name on TV. So they generate commissions and they get paid more. Okay. So they're always spinning a yarn. 14 payroll numbers in a row, these guys got wrong. That's a statistical impossibility. Incredible. So are you going to try and it's tell me, <laughs> you're going to try and tell me they got the best and the brightest working on this shit? No, they got. They got each firm has one or two people. Amy, notice I said people, not guys, people who are who are good. Yeah. Okay. Ellen Zentner. Good. Right? Then uh I forget the guy's name at, at um Renaissance Macro. Neil Dutta. Uh Neil Dutta. Good. Yeah. Uh Anthony Peters, but he's not, he's a sole practitioner, right? I mean, you don't, you don't have, you can't list 20 names of great economists because they, you know, they get swallowed up by the hedge funds or the private research companies. And those are the clowns. Like, why does somebody take the time to go to the studio Put the fucking makeup on. Sit there in the lights. They got the little matrix ear plug in their ear, right? The lights come on. Yeah. Then it's like energy. And tell AI. me about this. AI. Yeah. Talk about AI. Let's talk about AI. Let's talk about yeah, AI. Exactly. AI. AI. Yeah. AI. But don't AI. talk AI. about Bitcoin because because I you check that box on your tax return. You're going to jail with Dude, you know Lizzie. What, you know what AI Lizzie. is? You know what AI is? AI is the shiny new thing for Wall Street. Okay. Yes, hundred percent. Wall Street has go. nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, like you said, AI. This has been around. Oh, ChatGPT. Like we're unveiling this new magical voice-activated robot. Okay, great. That's fantastic. And off to the races. And we have something to talk about for a month. We have a here's, month. Here's the next term. You ready for this? Shore's algorithm, okay? That's something that was 
come upon in like 1963. And it's the formula that shows you the necessary computing power to break encryption. Now that we have these high-speed chips, you're getting closer and closer to the point where they, if they can break the encryption, you know, I, I still think we'll be okay, but we'll be back to pens and paper. And by the way, I look forward to that day like personally. You, probably, you think you um, write longhand? You can probably write longhand. <laughs> I I have to type my notes for the show because I can't read my own fucking handwriting. A ten. I've seen doctors with better handwriting. Please listen. I'd love to chat, but uh, I'm getting You're hungry. A and uh, You're a doctor, <laughs> you've made. Yeah, yeah. It's... Anyway, um, I'm excited. We got a summer run. At the garden coming up. You going? You're gonna go? You, can you get us come really? on, come on, come on, pull some strings there, big guy. I think we'll figure something out. I invited a friend of mine <laughs> to come as our guest, and I get a text back. Oh, I, I got summer camp weekend visiting my kids that weekend. I'm like, they're not gonna visit you in the nursing home anyway. <laughs> Uh, all right, pal, dude, you were good on market huddle. That was nice. Um, thanks. That was, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, I I hate doing these things without you because I I get lost and and you know Kevin interrupts. He confuses me. He he's got this shiny thing. I don't know. And then I then I hear echoes of Lena screaming <laughs> for help in the background. And but he played an audio track. I was like, oh, Morris is gonna be bent about this. He can't. <laughs> I got one out of five. That was impossible. That is an <laughs> impossibility. Dude, you would trade Michael. What? What are you doing? Uh, you be, all right. You be well. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. That was fun. Yeah. That was fun. Let me get out of here before you <laughs> scold me for talking back to you. Okay. <laughs>